Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club, a show where I tell guests a mystery story and they try and guess the solution. I'm your host, Kate McCluskey, and today I am joined by my best friend, Charlotte's sister, Sam Martin. Hello, Sam. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Good. So I said I'd ask you about your mystery experience. And you have you have a, a mother who likes Agatha Christie books, and then yeah. Charlotte's, Charlotte's kind of into it. How about you? No, yeah, sorry, my dogs just got home, sorry, my sister just got home, so I don't know if my dogs are going to be barking like crazy. That's okay. You can hear them, okay, hopefully not. I um, don't have that much experience with mystery things, not really at all, actually. Mm -hmm. I used to play some, like, Nancy Drew game when I was younger, and I'm, yeah, I remember Charlotte would have Nancy Drew themed birthday parties, so just thought of that. The Nancy then, Drew, people do, um, I guess it's the same with any video game where people like people stream it and stuff like that, or do like walkthroughs of the video games. Yes, yeah, it's definitely a big exactly thing. That. Yeah. yeah. And then I recently started, I'm just like so bored listening to stuff. So I watched, started watching BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yeah. I have on Amazon, so I've been watching those ones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get too scared, so I watch it all the time. <laughs> I, I have seen some of those. I, I wouldn't want, if someone told me a place was haunted, I wouldn't want to be there at night. Like, I don't know that I necessarily believe in the supernatural, but I also, I'm not messing with it, you know? No, I, I like, I don't even talk about it because people say once you, like, acknowledge it, it, like, starts happening or whatever. And, like, I don't even want to mess with it or anything. That stuff freaks me out. Okay, then let's move on. (laughs) But then I'm like, here I am. No. (laughs) All right. So... I want to acknowledge last week, last week's episode, I was missing audio for one of the guests. I had two guests, both named Eric, and it ended up being a problem with, they both put their name into the program I used to record as Eric, and somehow the program couldn't handle that, and so only recorded one of their audios, which was super frustrating, because then editing, yeah. There would be there would be these like long pauses and then me and the one guy would just laugh and like laugh hysterically um, and you'd have no idea why. Oh my goodness. And then <laughs> so I had to, Oh, so nice. So I, I cut it all out. But the program I'm using is called Zencaster and I'm now on the market for a new recording program. Mm-hmm. So you so can't this, just like record Zoom? I probably could do Zoom. I've just never tried it before. Yeah, because that's how they do, like, lectures and stuff at my school. They can record the lecture. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd have to, like, you know how Zoom calls are only 40 minutes unless you have, like, you pay for it? Oh, absolutely. Membership would have to be, like, yeah. You definitely have to have membership. So I'm going to look into that because that's (sighs) frustrating. I think it sounded okay. It was just just such a shame because we would have been so fun. Mm Mm-hmm. This is going to be another good one. Uh, we are again doing an Agatha Christie story. This one is called The Herb of Death. And it's from, I'll show you the, the book. It's from the 13, what does it say? The 13 Clues for Miss Marple short story collection. Mm. And so the, what kind of happens in these short stories are, I think the 13 Problems is another short story collection. They're kind of similar in that it's Miss Marple, who's one of like the main Agatha Christie detectives. And a group of several other um, people from either the town or who are 
connected to each other somehow. And they all go around a table and tell mystery stories that have happened to them. Oh, that like is murder so mysteries. Cute. Yeah. And then they, the one person tells it and then everyone else has to try and guess what happened. Yeah. And of course, Miss Marple your... always gets it right. So that's fun. Oh, that's cute. Is that where your inspiration for this came from? So the, yes, because they called themselves, one of the groups she was in called themselves the Tuesday Night Club. Aww. So I took the name wow. for, for the podcast from that. That's smart. That's yeah. the right connection. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So, so this one is, it's a bunch of dinner guests at the Bantry's house. The Bantry's were like the rich couple in town. They lived in the big, like if you can imagine that, Every small town had like a couple, one or two rich families who like owned the like, you know, really big, beautiful mansion type houses, but like picture like old, old school English houses. Yeah. And so the Bantries are one of them. And um, there they have all these dinner guests, including Miss Marple. Um, the other guests are S- Sir Henry, who is he's like the ex-commissioner of Scotland Yard. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Lloyd, who has, I think... They're, they're used to, the, the town that they're in is called St. Mary Mead. And so there's like family physicians. I think one of the ones that comes up in a lot of Agatha Christie's is Dr. Dr. Haydock. Not mm. important. I'm just giving Agatha Christie lore. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh, this doctor, Dr. Lloyd, also a family physician in town. And then um, Jane Hillier is a young actress from, who's like, revered very pretty but also maybe like pretty dumb or she's like okay. no one's expecting much from her mentally they're Wait. just she's just a good actress oh yeah she's a good <laughs> actress at playing dumb such or such yeah maybe okay okay <laughs> so those yeah. are our dinner guests so they've all been going around the table telling stories and mrs bantry is the last person she hasn't told a story yet okay so um, she's complaining that she's really bad at this sort of thing. Like she's terrible at telling stories because she's not good at the mm-hmm. details and, um, and she can't think of any story. And so they're kind of like egging her on and trying to get her to tell something. And I think mm-hmm. Sir Henry prompts her by saying, you, you love gardening. Gardening's like such a big hobby of yours. There must be yeah. something of that. And he says like, you must have some story about the herb of death. And so that's where the title comes from. Okay. And something with that mm-hmm. description jogs Mrs. Bantry's memory. Mm-hmm. And, she remembers a story um her and her husband colonel bantry were staying at this dude's house his name was sir ambrose bercy okay is this guy on the list no yes it's him okay sir ambrose bercy so he Mm -hmm. would have been like um a a different town oops i hit the mic a different town over somewhere i don't know who knows a different county somewhere else in england um But he would have also been one of like the rich families, like owning a kind of big house. Mm -hmm. And so she tells, she starts to tell the story and she says one day her and her husband were staying with Sir Ambrose Bercy in his household and they're having dinner and somehow foxglove's leaves were picked with the sage. So again, I think it would have been much more common to have like a vegetable and herb garden out back. Yeah, what's a foxglove? So foxglove happens, it's apparently something that looks kind of similar to sage. I can't remember, I can't picture what sage looks like, but some mm-hmm. herb, uh, foxglove looks kind of similar to it, but it's poisonous. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of course. Yeah, so the, 
the band trees were at the Ambrose at the Bercy's having dinner and mm-hmm. someone picked something from their herb garden. Yeah, they picked foxglove leaves with sage. They so they were they meant to pick sage, but they by accident picked some uh, foxglove as well, and it got cooked into the turkey. And everyone at the dinner table that night ate it, mm-hmm. and everyone was sick, and one person died. So uh-huh. Sir Ambrose had a young. They call it a ward. Yeah. So she was. Um, I think he would have like. It's basically like he adopted her when she was young. But mm-hmm. it makes it sound, she, I don't know if she was related to him or if he was a godfather, but for some reason her parents yeah. couldn't take care of her. Maybe they died. And so he started, he kind of like raised her in a way, Ooh. but she's called a ward okay. because she's not his kid. I don't really know. I didn't look into it, but. He <laughs> <laughs> died right there. Yeah. It's okay. But so she dies. She's the one okay. that's dead. And so the kind of joke here is that Mrs. Bantry then says, that's the whole story. And so everyone at the dinner table is like, what? You like, what kind of a story is that? Like, there's nothing. (laughs) There's no detail. Like, could you, if I told you that, could you guess? You don't even know the characters. I haven't even told you. No, I don't at all. For sure. No, absolutely. I have like my place in my shell of like characters and stuff. All right. Okay. So they kind of decide that because Miss Bantry is like, I'm terrible at telling stories. If I, if I tell this, if I tell, give you all the details, I'm going to give it away. Like, I'm just going to tell mm-hmm. you what happened. So oh. they decide that they'll play 20, kind of like, not 20 questions, but they'll, everyone will be allowed to go around the table and ask questions and they'll okay. get information out of her that way. So, okay. so, so just so you're aware, I'm going to go through all these questions and what the answers are. But if you were at the dinner party, what would be your first question? Like, okay. what do you want to know? I don't even know. I would just be like, all right, wait, could I get like a bunch of more details, please? Like, <laughs> like, what do you mean someone just like picked something and then you all got sick? Like, who? Like, what are the chefs or one of you guys? Were you together? Perfect question. That, okay. So I think that is the first question. Miss Marple asks. Um, well, who picked it? Yeah, she wants to know, well, she asks about the cook. She basically goes, is the cook inexperienced or just stupid? Like, <laughs> it's one of the other. <laughs> That's funny. It is, though. Yeah. Or so the, sous chefs. Right. So so they would have had one cook. And um, what ends up happening, I don't think they know yet who picked it. That's a question that's going to come up later. But... Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Bantry says that the cook was not inexperienced. She was very experienced, but she was stupid. So there you go. There's your answer. I like that. Okay. Yes. Uh, There's one, but she's dumb. So that was Miss Marple's question. Oh, yes. Is she the one that picks it? We don't know yet. That question's going to come up later. Oh, my bad. Because, yeah, of course, you, you kind of need to know who that was. Yeah. So then um, Jane Hellier, who, again, we've they've kind of described. Not, they haven't described her as ditzy, but the kind of character traits they're giving is kind of that, that personality. And she doesn't know what question to ask. So Sir Henry kind of prompts her and says, why don't you ask for a description of all of the characters in the household? Oh, and so okay. Jane, Jane Hellier goes like, oh, good idea. Mm. Okay, so Sir Henry tells her to ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of assumed that the the members at the dinner party can't be the the murderers because they weren't in the 
Well, I guess you don't know that yet. I'm gonna tell you who the, the character list. Is. Busted. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. We have Sir Ambrose, of course. He was at dinner. The, the owner of the house and he's described as a um, an older gentleman about 60 but looks a lot older than his age um, because he has like a weak heart so he has to like move around slowly and stuff well, that's so okay that's so this, random I, like, that's I, I should mention this this short story collection was written in 1928 so it's, it's like a oh okay yeah 100 years ago very different time that's so funny okay i wonder if it was a hard thing then so um then his ward who we talked about before her name is sylvia Keene, and she's the the girl that died Mm -hmm. sylvia had a friend staying over her name was maud y way it's w-y-e is her last name and she was a good friend of sylvia's who had been there for about two weeks okay um sylvia is described i think as very pretty to men, but unattractive to women. Like women, I don't what know. What the bleep? It's, it's, That's... I'm not describing well. It's like, it's like if there no, was like a really hot girl who like was super yeah. into like showing off her body. And so men were yeah. like, oh, she's a great girl. Like, yeah, she's, she's, she's fantastic. Like really like oh, her. And the women, and the like, women, no. yeah, yeah she's catty. And are like, no, she's not smart. She's just pretty, and they don't like her because they're jealous. Yeah, you like can't that look kind of thing. past it because you just want to get with her. So yeah, you can't look past it. Okay, yeah. so that's mm-hmm. that's how Sylvia is described. And then Maud is more. Um, they, I think they honestly might call her boring. Maybe <laughs> that's funny. Maybe a little more down to earth. Not super important, but there's there's this kind of whatever. That's funny. The two friends. Then there's a Mr. Curl who's staying in the house, and he is a friend of Sir Ambrose's. And they are, um, Mr. Curl is like super into rare books. And so he's basically there to like chat with his friend about rare books and like antiquities and whatever. Okay. Then we have Jerry Lorimer, who is the next door neighbor to Sir Ambrose. And he's over for dinner that night because he's engaged to Sylvia Keene. Sylvia okay. and Jerry have been engaged for about a year, and I think the um, the engagement is starting to move forward. Like they're gonna, they're now gonna get married soon. Oh, but or they were, <laughs> but Sylvia's dead. Yeah, exactly. So unfortunate. Uh, so we had Jerry Lorimer, the neighbor, and then Mrs. Carpenter. So Mrs. Carpenter is described as a companion to Sylvia, and mm. so kind of the way I've seen it is she's been living in the house for like you know, a dozen years, whatever. It sounds like she was hired to be, like, a mother figure to Sylvia. Oh. If that makes sense. Yeah. But, like, then as she got older, now she's just, like, a companion. So that was also, like, a job in this time period of people didn't want to be hired as servants, so they would get hired as companions because they were kind of, like, gentlefolk type people. Like, they were higher class, so they didn't want to be servants. But they still needed a job, so they'd hire them as a companion. And so it's kind of similar kind of crazy maybe you might not do as much work i don't know no yeah like a chambermaid or something like our hand one i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but she also could have been yeah i don't know housekeeper i'm not sure but she's described as a companion so that's mrs carpenter Um, it sounds like like a companion you know what i mean for sylvia 
that so that does come up in I again you'd have to like dive into history but there is talk of women that would live together without anybody else and one of them would be a companion but it was kind of looked on of like joy are they together together or yeah everyone's you know humans are the same it's just they have to hide it yeah exactly all right so there's those characters there yeah so those are the members of the household who are at dinner plus the bantries mrs bantry and colonel bantry were also at dinner that night okay okay so all um eight of them got sick Hmm. so yeah all eight all eight people at dinner got sick so then sir henry wants more detail on every like he wants a visual portrait of all of the people and so i've kind of given that to you like before um mrs bantry just listed the characters but Mm. then she went into more detail of these people so that's kind of where you're at we're at there is one thing that i want to mention so you know how i was telling you about like sylvia was like all the men liked her like she was really pretty that kind of thing so Jane Hellier sitting at the dinner table. She's like from the younger generation. So she's in touch mm-hmm. with like slang. So yeah. she says that Sylvia had SA. So SA is an acronym that stands for sex appeal, which oh. must have been, <laughs> which must have been like all the rage back then. Cause Agatha Christie oh. uses it in several of her books. SA, they have That's SA. so funny. But then wait, Sarah, it gets better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Especially with like what that means nowadays. Like, oh God. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. then Miss Marple, because so Jane Hellier is part of the younger generation in this book, and Miss Marple's mm. like the older generation. She's a she's an older yeah. woman. And so she goes, she doesn't know what essay stands for because she's not, you know, with it. So she when she finds out that it stands for sex appeal, she goes, Ah, back in my day we would have called it having the come hither in your eye. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> How do you again like everyone's around like <laughs> oh god that shivers i hope that's not like historically accurate accurate you know like <laughs> oh my gosh i read that in this story and i i like highlighted and i was like i have to tell sam this oh gosh <laughs> no I'll definitely tell Andrea. <laughs> so not not necessarily important to this story but just this is a good funny. side note oh for sure yeah gotta know the top the lingo <laughs> Um, oh, and then so we do get another, as she's talking about, I said that um, Jerry was engaged to Sylvia. Um, apparently, Sir Ambrose had opposed it initially. So he had kind of told them they have to wait a year before they can get married. Oh. Like, that's why it's been a longer engagement. Um, but he seems to finally be kind of like coming around to the idea or at least mm-hmm. recognizing that, like, it's not going away. Okay. So then Dr. Lloyd asks a question. He wants to know what information was given at the inquest so again the doctor makes sense that he wants like the technical info and so uh, mrs bantry says that the poisoning was by digitalin is what it's called like that's what the poison's called and um digitalin is like what's in fox what did i call it foxglove leaves Mm -hmm. that's the there's some more technical information but basically if you extract the poison from foxglove leaves you get digitalin Oh, so, so, okay. Like, you have to extract it yourself? So, so, okay, good point. Because what he gets into is that this kind of thing happens a lot because people pick their own Mm -hmm. garden, like, vegetables, herbs, and stuff. But he's kind Mm -hmm. of saying he's pretty surprised because normally you'd have to 
it's pretty infrequent that you can just ingest the foxglove leaves themselves or any of that kind of herb Mm -hmm. and be killed by it. Normally you'd have to extract the poison itself. And that's how you like, that would be like a lethal dose, but he's also saying it's not impossible. Okay. And that, but normally like kind of what would happen is that some people will be only slightly affected. Like they might have like slight stomach aches. Some people are more severely Mm -hmm. affected and then rarely, but sometimes like one or two people could be, it could kill them. It could be like depending on how it interfered interfered with their system. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the person. Okay. So Sir Henry asks another question. He wants to know more about the leaves. And so this is where it's like, okay, who picked them? Who picked Mm -hmm. them? Who brought them to the kitchen? And Mrs. Bantry says this is where it got really crazy because Sylvia was the one who brought, like, brought the leaves to the kitchen. Mm. They don't know that she picked them, though. They just, she gave them to the cook. And she's dead, so she can't, we we don't know who picked them, necessarily. Pretty rhetorical or pretty, you know, irony, <laughs> satire. I don't know which one that is. So, uh, so Sylvia brought them to the kitchen, and then Mrs. Bantry said she had been out walking with the cook at the time, so it couldn't have been the cook that picked them. They're there, that's what they're saying. Um, and that they had later seen Sylvia and Maud uh, off walking. Okay, interesting. So then they, they kind of, they talk a little bit about Maud and, you know, that she had been there for a couple, two weeks before and there's something troubling Mrs. Bantry as she's talking about Maud. And I think, um, um, Mrs. Marple, Miss Marple kind of knows what it is already. Like she's pieced it together just by the, the deal with Miss Marple is she's like big on human nature and she like, based on what one person has done, she's seen the same behavior in someone from town. And so she know like, you know, she kind of like. That's sick. I like that. Yeah. So. Okay, so she has Miss Marple has a bad feeling about Maud. It's not a bad feeling. It's just she knows what Mrs. Bantry is feeling, and it ends up being that Mrs. Bantry had seen Maud and Jerry kissing the night before. Oh, the okay. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Boom. There it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's... So big deal. And the Mrs. Bantry like goes so far as to say that she thought that Maud and Jerry were a better couple than Sylvia and Jerry. Like she thought okay. they fit She's better together. Egging them on. That's what Mrs. Bantry of. said. That's what Mrs. Bantry said. Um, mm. But and and six months after the tragedy, Maud and Jerry were married. <gasps> so, oh my God. That's crazy. Okay, one sec. Okay, and thought yeah. they were a good couple. That's crazy. Oh, and so she saw them kissing before Sylvia died? And yeah, then, the night before. Okay, night before. And then they get married. Wow, what snakes. She's going <laughs> to haunt that little area. <laughs> See, here's the thing about these mysteries you just get pulled in so many directions and yeah. then you lose it but they get you. this one yeah they got me okay i'm ready Give me with more okay. so so we've kind of got all the information at this point so the guests start kind of dis- the, like the dinner guests at the bantries start discussing 
why and how you would poison eight people to kill only one of them. Like, they're kind of... Yeah. I think Jane Hellier says something to the effect of like, oh, but I thought this was an accident. And then someone has to like gently remind her that why would Mrs. Bantry tell the story if it wasn't a murder? Because that was the whole point of this like dinner party. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, well, yeah. So, um, so they're discussing like, they're kind of discussing the possibility of maybe it was supposed, was meant to take out Sir Ambrose because he had a weak heart. And so I think Digitalin kind of, Dr. Lloyd has something about like digital and how it can act on your heart in different ways. But just the idea of like, how could you possibly know that it was going to affect one person over another person? Like it just seems very reckless, right? Well, not like, not if you have to extract it to get more for someone. Right. I think they know what they were doing for sure. Mm -hmm. You don't think they're dumb? No, I don't know who did it yet, but I think that, like, they might have given it to everyone, so they would think that everyone got sick, but then right. extracted a little bit extra into Sylvia's plate. Right. So Her specifically. So it was yeah. targeted. Maybe. I, I can't get myself too set on one thing, because then I'll okay. forget my other options. So there's there's one more kind of piece of information. So um, Sir Ambrose had had a son who he had wanted to disinherit because they had had like some fight years and years ago, um, but he couldn't um, because the property he owned was like, I, I don't know how the law works, but basically it had to be inherited by someone related to you. I don't know. His son was going to yeah. inherit it when he died, no matter what. But yeah. the rest of his property, he could just he could just like give will to whoever he wanted. And he had had Sylvia would have been his inheritor or whatever. And after she died, he didn't change his will. Um, And so they think that either the son or the crown ended up inheriting his money and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. kind of basically what they're saying is no one but the son was going to inherit if Sir Ambrose died. And so So like money is an emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and if Sylvia had lived, she might have inherited a lot of money. Oh yeah. I definitely think it's some like jealousy love thing now the moment yeah. I heard that okay. kissing part. So this this is kind of the end of the story. There's one more thing. I'm gonna tell but I'm gonna have you have your guess later. And then Mrs. Mar Miss Marple always does this thing where she does what she calls a village parallel, where oh, she tells a story of something that happened in her village that made her think of who the murderer could be in this story. And so it you... m- might make absolutely no sense to you and it might make a lot of sense. And that's kind of Miss Marple's whole deal of like, she knows what it means. Who cares if you know what it means? So I want you to take a guess first of like, tell me what you're thinking, walk through all the characters or whatnot. And then I'll tell you Miss Marple's um, village parallel and then you can guess again. Okay. Okay. Do I go now? I thought there was one more piece, missing piece or was the money part the last part? Yeah. The will, the who inherited was the last part. Perfect. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm looking over my information, and I guess at the beginning I put down a little too much information about the other family members, but you know, okay. So I have that Miss She Likes Gardening. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So I have a couple theories. Uh huh. Let me get to my characters here. There wasn't that much character information on the Bantries, right? 
Not really. So the Bantries, like, they own the house. Mm -hmm. It's kind of assumed that it's not them because they're telling the story and it would be a little whack to tell everyone Mm -hmm. you're a murderer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you don't have to trust me at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking. Okay. So, what about, is there anything else about Miss Carpenter other than that she was a companion? Like, did she have because if I was going to, if I was going, oh, what was Jerry and Mr. Ambrose relation? It seems he didn't, he opposed the engagement. So it seems like he had something wrong with Jerry. But at the same time, like he wasn't, like he was still allowing him to have dinner at their house and stuff. So it maybe wasn't that bad. It's unclear. We're not, we're not super sure what their relationship okay. is. In my opinion, I would most likely rule out Mr. Curl, the friend of Ambrose, who okay. was there immediately. Just Least because, likely suspect. Yeah, least likely. And Miss mm-hmm. Carpenter is the least likely. Okay. Uh, but then I'm kind of like so completely wrong. Okay, great. Um, and then, if, if it makes you feel any better, very rarely does anyone guess. It, are you very kidding difficult. me? I want to win this. I wanna yeah, win no, this. I go for it. I'm just, I'm just okay. telling you. If you don't, like, it's not like you're the only one. You're, okay. you're in the majority. <laughs> my, uh, well, when am I ever? I'm just kidding. No, my <laughs> obvious choice is that I. Okay, so if I'm just gonna stick to my gut and say the obvious choice is, I think that Miss Bantry would do it because she mm. would be know what she's looking for. And if she likes gardening, and then I think she worked with the chef. I think she worked with the chef there, but there was no really detailed description about the chef because the chef would have to be the one to extract it. And she said that they were on a walk together and saw them going into the forest. And isn't that coincidental, Maude and Sylvia? But then also what she said about catching them kissing and how she thinks that they would just make like a better couple Mm kind of rub me the wrong way i don't know what her motive would be like you're just feeling you're feeling that direction okay or maybe um unless there's some other or maybe it was miss carpenter because she would be the closest thing in that house to family to get the inheritance. Ah, uh, so you're thinking she, she, she like, there Sir Ambrose could have changed his will. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can see that too. And then, I don't know, maybe the mod person, but I don't think so. Okay. So, Mrs. Bantry and Mrs. Carpenter as most likely, and Mr. Curl mm-hmm. as least likely, and everyone else kind of like in the middle. Yeah, and yeah, Mr. Curl, yeah. Well, no, I know the Ambrose man did not do it. That's, I would say, like, least likely. Probably did it. Probably did it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, yes. Okay, okay. Do you want to hear um, Miss Marple's village parallel, and then you can make your kind of final guess? Yes, I would love to. Okay, so... So Miss Marple thinks of her village parallel and she's thinking about this man who used to live in town. His name was Mr. Badger. And um, he had had a young housekeeper, like much younger than he was. And 
no one had thought anything of it until Mr. Badger died. And then it turns out he was married to the young housekeeper and no one, none of his family knew. No one in town knew. It was like a total shock to everyone. That Mr. Badger was married? That Mr. Badger was married to his young housekeeper. Okay. So that's, again, this is like Miss Marple feels like something in that story reminds her of something in this story that we've just talked about. And it is unclear to the reader what what she's making that par- village parallel to. I'm putting air quotes for the people listening. Oh, I'm getting, oh yeah, but, but I'm getting total Miss Carpenter vibes then because mm. I don't I don't know just the way that they talk about women and stuff in this. I just feel like Miss Mark, like the Christie, was super open to woman companionship and maybe you know what I mean, like because yeah. If she well, like was her mother figure, but then turned her companion, you know, mm-hmm. how, what kind of, what would make that switch? Um, even age right. and stuff like that lady would always be the mother figure. But she got old. And that right. kind of sounds like it. Who would guess? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Mrs. Carpenter, something went awry in their relationship with Sylvia. Mm-hmm. And she wanted her out. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Would you like to hear? Actually, one. For everyone listening at home, if you would like to submit your guess to this story, um, I will read it on a future episode for anyone that writes in. Um, The email address is TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com. I will leave uh, the email in the description of the podcast as well. And you can send in your guess of what you think has happened in this story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pause, pause, pause for intrigue, for suspense. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 in like ready. I don't know if I made the right decision, but it'll be I'm excited. So Miss Marple, of course, she knows what's happened, but I and everyone else has gone through their guesses. I'm not gonna re- run through them because we've heard yours and that's the only important one. Oh <laughs> does anyone have guesses similar to mine? um honestly I can't remember I didn't write it down because it was just I didn't think it was important yeah no worries (laughs) possibly Mm -hmm. I I feel like Miss Carpenter Maude probably was a guest people probably guessed everybody I think part of that the story is to like guess give reasons for everybody that's true so so Mrs. Bantry kind of says of course Everyone at the time thought it was an accident. That was the whole point, was that it was Digitalin. It came from the foxglove leaves. Everyone got sick. Why would the coroner not think that it was it was an accidental death, right? So no one, yeah. no one, no one looked into it as a murder. The only reason that the Bantries know it's a murder now is because Sir Ambrose had written to them after he died. That's... So he, okay. he wrote to tell them that the reason he had opposed... Uh, Sylvia and Jerry's marriage so much is because he was in love with Sylvia, his young ward, quote unquote. And he had spent the whole year brooding, hoping that the engagement would fall apart. And when it hadn't, and it was still going to go forward, he couldn't stand the idea that someone else would have Sylvia. And so the best option to him was to kill her. Of course, it's right there. Ridiculous, right? And so that's kind of, that was Miss Marple's parallel of like, you People assume that old men aren't attract, like, won't want to marry young women. But of course they do. Like, we know that from, um, yeah, from Hollywood. That. <laughs> like, right? Like, no, we, there is no 
assume thing. Oh my gosh, that's like some total crazy 1928 kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, but then the parallel would just make so much sense if I had just thought like, oh, remember like the moment pedophiles. But that's that's care. the whole thing is Miss Marple. It's clear in her mind how it's a village, how it's a parallel, how it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But to us, how how are we supposed to know? If your brain isn't already kind of on the right track, which Mm -hmm. when there's this many characters, it's very difficult to be on the right track. That's true. It's like you're jumping all over the place. Why wouldn't you have killed Jerry, though? Good question. I honestly don't know. Like, clearly, there was something something not completely right with him if he Mm -hmm. was jumping to murder in the first place. So I feel like he wasn't making reasonable decisions. (laughs) It's like that, if I can't have her, nobody can. Yeah, exactly. And maybe he made the assumption that, like, oh, she doesn't love me. So it didn't matter if Jerry died. She'd find another person and it wouldn't be him. I don't know. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So then the other part of the story that would have been, a, like, an, I don't think there would have been any way for you to guess this because it doesn't really come mm-hmm. up. Miss Marple makes the assumption that I, she must know something about digitalin because I have no, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I feel like in the 1920s, like, people knew more about poison because it was, like, mm-hmm. readily available and stuff. Oh Whereas now, yeah, like, yeah. you can't just buy arsenic in the flypaper to kill flies with, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> That's funny. I did not know that's what they used it for. Yeah, they and they used it for like killing wasps. Oh, smart. Cyanide or arsenic or something. Yeah. So it was like it was like totally you could buy it over the counter, the the wasp poison and then extract a po- like the real poison oh from gosh. it. Oh my gosh. Oh true to kill one. Yikes. So so he they kind of say that digitalin wouldn't have just been it it could have killed you if you had a weak heart, but also for people with bad hearts, digitalin would have been prescribed as not not a poison, mm. but a drug, as like a prescription medication. Um, and so Miss Marple, knowing this, says uh, if if Sir Ambrose had this for his heart condition, he wouldn't have had to extract it from the foxglove. He would have had it in like pill form. Oh and my goodness! I know. Only to hers, and then everyone else just got the leaves, so they didn't get that sick. Wow. Exactly, yeah. So the fo- the foxglove leaves, as we kind of talked about, or as the doctor mentioned at the beginning, very, like pretty rare that it will kill someone. Yeah. Unless kind of quote-unquote extracted. And so it was just foxglove leaves. They That's also crazy. kind of point out that the fact that there was foxglove planted near the sage is a little mm-hmm. sus. And since the engagement lasted a whole year... Sir Ambrose would have had time to plant this foxglove. Like, he's been planning Dang. this for a while, kind of oh, thing. Oh, my said. goodness. Because he's crazy. Yep. That's funny. And then he was the one to say, like, oh, yeah, it was actually a murder by me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he told every. Well, he told the Bantries. Who knows why, but they... He just couldn't... They now have the answer. Have that secret for the rest of his life by himself. Yeah, I guess so. He just needed to tell someone. That's That's a good one. Yeah, I what did you think? I like it. I would, like, makes me want to read these a bit more. I've been these, wanting to do, yeah, leisurely reading, so this could be a cool one. Get my these mind ones are going. quick. Yeah, they're they're, mm-hmm. they're pretty short. They're, like, ten pages, so easy oh, to Oh, that's through. nice. That's really cool. It's yeah. always, like, so it's cool how creative um, people's brains are, that they can make this stuff up. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. totally. I can't yeah. imagine, like, I know, I can't come up with this stuff. Right, like all those little connections and with yeah. just enough info to like some people get it, some people won't. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's pretty neat. That's very neat. So thanks, Sam. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, not much more. This is a cool, really cool podcast. Charlotte talks about it all the time. Thank you. I can add it to my my repertoire. a lot of fun. (laughs) I only listen to Office Lady, so. But I was going to do some to prep, to read some, when you watch some of yours, listen to some of yours, my bad, to prep, but I'm just That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So... For everyone listening at home, if you liked this episode and want more, this is episode 49. So you have lots to choose from in the catalog. Uh, That's Tuesday Night Mystery Club, anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you would like to contact the show, you can do so at TuesdayNightMysteryClub at gmail.com. If you'd like podcast updates, you can follow the show on Instagram, Mm. Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Uh, The show is now, I'm hopefully announced this already, but the show is now going to be um, twice a month instead of once every week. Mm. work is hectic I can't keep up anymore and I want to keep doing this because it's fun so twice a week sorry sorry, twice a month oh my gosh twice a week no twice a month now Mm. and I'd like to oh if you'd like to support the show on patreon you can do so patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club and I'll leave a link in the description Mm. I'm kind of thinking to switch subscription like quote-unquote subscription services so that might change by the time this episode comes out but I'll leave whatever link you can support me on in the description. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to thank my current patrons who are at the um, Inspector Gamash level, Shelley Tsao, at the Miss Jane Marple level, Michael Borello, Debbie Kravis, Barb McLean, Emily Shelton, Alex Young Davies, and Stuart Falds. So thank you all so much for your support. Thank you for having me.